All right, so this morning we're going to just do a little different format sitting on the couch here, um, partially because we can't both fit in the other spot in the room. <laughs> but but also this is, I don't know, just a different change of scenery. And um, we want to celebrate moms this morning and to do it in a way that's actually encouraging and helpful from <laughs> Scripture. Um, but we also want to emphasize, so those of you who are not, moms or maybe your kids are grown and you're in a different phase in your parenting that this all of this still applies uh it applies and because it's truth and because it's biblical it will apply to many different spheres of life and so i don't want you guys to sort of check out if you're not kind of in that um you know mother category that we're kind of aiming at because it's this stuff is applicable everywhere and so i just want to encourage you to lean into god also and hear what he might say to you this morning um and so heather's going to start off just with some introductory thoughts and then we'll just see what god does yeah so um obviously we're not going to make this all about the pandemic but we um this pandemic is interesting because it's bringing out in us um, as moms, as parents, um, it's bringing challenges that maybe have always been there but are kind of being magnified through this time. Um, and it's bringing out uh, good things that we don't always get because of the busyness of life. And so um, it's really interesting because we, uh, it's like all that stuff is under a microscope or under, it's being magnified. Um, and so we want to, during this time, lean into what God is doing and what he's teaching us and get the most out of this experience. Um, and so just as Ben and I were talking, we kind of came up with three things that can be challenges, but also um, that God can use in our lives. Um, and those are uh, comparison or comparing ourselves to each other negatively or positively. Um, stage fatigue, which is like different times, stages of our kids' lives um, where it's harder than others. Um, and then the parenting math, thinking of parenting as a math equation, my skills plus my consistency equals great kids. Um, and those are kind of some things we just want to talk through um, and try to bring clarity to. You talk about comparison. Yeah. So I'm going to read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have had a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone, and he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is quickly is not quickly broken. Um, so if you know me at all, you know that um, a lot of times the things I'm talking about and are on my heart are community and what that can mean for us. And um, in motherhood, this is, it is key to um, making it through um, the good times and the hard times of being a mom. Um, and it helps us to learn to be good moms by looking at other good moms. Um, it helps us to be uh, good parents by being able to have people around us that we trust and can ask um, advice from, uh, that we can get people to pray for us, people that have already been in these places that we're in and people that are walking in it currently. Um, and we can learn from each other and be convicted over our own sin. Um, we can help each other grow. 
um, and it gives us a place to find comfort and encouragement um, as well as correction and inspiration to be better. Um, but one of the things that can happen with that, um, I know in in my experience, there's been so many times where it's, there's just those those real practical moments of my kid is doing this, what do you do? And um, but then there's also the things where it's just hard and it's specific to your kid, and there's not even a lot. There's advice that can be offered, but there's also prayer that goes into it. Um, but one of the the things I think that can happen um, is that Satan gets in. He's always trying to isolate us um, from each other and from community. So one of the ways that he does that is it's not necessarily wrong to compare each other because you're saying, what are you doing? Can I learn from it? But he uses that comparison and um, he takes this gift of community um, and he uses it by tempting us to compare ourselves to each other in a negative way. So we might hear voices like, um, I'm never going to be as good as that mom or well, at least I don't do it that way. At least I'm better than that mom. Um, both of which are really ugly places in our heart, things in our heart that um, that can come out when we are comparing in a way that's not life-giving. Um, and oftentimes that comes when we're feeling insecure or when we're feeling um, when we're feeling alone. Um, but a lot of times that is coming from the enemy, and it poisons our community. Um, and it's, it'll eventually destroy it because even if you're not saying those things overtly, um, to somebody, it's felt. Um, and that's one of those things that we have to be mindful of and even recognize when it comes up. Um, so addressing the voice of, I will never be as good as them. Um, you can do a couple of things when it comes to, when you start feeling that way. Um, and one is. I think we're tempted just to say, especially if somebody says, I could never be as good of a mom as you, or you're such a great mom, I could never be that way. We're tempted to say, no, 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 you're great and you're good. And um, and that's good because we need to encourage people. Um, but also it's good for us to feel challenged. So it's not necessarily a wrong feeling, but to feel the feelings of inadequacy are, is what's dangerous. Um, and so when you're feeling that way, the best thing to do is to turn your those places of weakness that maybe you're saying um, you don't you don't tend to lose your temper at your kids and I tend to lose my temper at my kids. Well, that is something that you probably need to work on, um, but not to have condemnation, but rather conviction. So to bring that to God and say, um, turn my weaknesses and my failures into good, um, and bring it in prayer before God. Uh, let that be something that you're consistently bringing. Uh, in prayer to God. Um, and you also want to bring that to your community. <laughs> so our temptation when we feel like that is to be like, either go away licking our wounds or um, to feel like we have to figure out how to do that ourselves. Um, and we don't want to admit that we don't know things um, because somehow that's a sign of not being as good of a mom. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of withdrawing and hiding your weaknesses from it, go to your community. Um, isolation is a breeding ground uh, for feelings of unworthiness, and unworthiness is not from God. So that is um, a good indicator if you start feeling, um, compare it to what God says about you. And um, when you feel like a failure as a mom, find a trusted friend or a mentor, somebody who's been there before, and confide in them and have them pray for you. But 
also ask their advice. So you can say, how is it that you don't lose your temper all the time? And they might say, oh, I do. And these are the things that, or these are the ways that I've grown because we're always growing mm -hmm. in sanctification. So um, in a little bit, Ben's going to talk more about grace uh, and we'll get a little bit deeper into that. But your confession of weakness also might be an encouragement to someone that needs it. Because um, so oftentimes for me, when I say I, I struggle with this, another mom friend might be like, really? Like you struggle with that? And it's because they're not seeing the day-to-day -day, all the time thing. And so even confessing that you have a place that you're struggling is good for others to hear. Yeah, I think too, it's when you, if you're going to come to the community with your weaknesses, really actually come to them in your heart, which means be teachable. Yeah. So I think you can frustrate the, the people who love you by saying, I'm having a really hard time with XYZ as a mom, but then when you get feedback, you're maybe just subtly defensive or kind of dismissive of that. And that's that's another way. It's all, That's also shame talking. It's the same root heart thing, just a different expression. You know, your shame can make you withdraw, but it can also make you unteachable. And that's another thing. Um, don't frustrate people that love you by not being teachable. Not that any of us would ever be that way. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, and also pray through if you see somebody struggling with something. You want to be careful not to um, insert yourself too quickly. <laughs> but if God continues to put it on your heart, pray about ways to speak to um, places that you see somebody struggling. Mm -hmm. um, because it might be that they haven't gotten um, the courage to talk to somebody or they're feeling shame and they're not... Um, they're not even sure what they're doing wrong enough to ask. And so if you see somebody with humbleness and, um, and prayer, uh, be willing to say some things. I think in our culture today, um, moms, like we tend to be very defensive about our methods and our whatever. Um, and first of all, that's not teachable, like Ben was saying. Um, but also it's um, it can cause us to not when we see things that are going on to not want to say stuff because we're afraid that we're going to yeah. look like we're judging or we look like we're, um, we have something to say that we shouldn't, but that's part of being a community. So. So the other voice that Heather mentioned was that kind of the other, you know, one is I'll never measure up to that. I'll never be as good a mom as them. The other, other flip side of that is at least I don't do it that way. This is kind of a prideful reaction of, you know, looking at other people and going, oh, I do measure up. And I think some, not many, most, I think most moms struggle with the former, but some moms have that kind of um, very subtle, um, self-righteous kind of prideful reaction. And you need to be honest with yourself if that's what you tend to do um, in your comparing. And so I just want to read one scripture. There are many, but Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Um, where it says count others more significant than yourselves, that's basically what you're saying is that person is better than me, has more value than me. And that's a that's a powerful idea. It's hard for humans to pull off in true honesty. Okay. Um, but that's the goal. That's the way Jesus was. 
That's the way Jesus is. He died for you, and he died for you because he was truly humble. He he saw you as more your life as more valuable than his own, so he died to keep preserve your life. That's what Jesus did. So we tend to define other people by either their weaknesses only or by their strengths only. Mm-hmm. And so we look at people and go, oh, I've seen you and your weaknesses. And we tend, and so we categorize them, define them by just that narrow set of weaknesses. Or we put people on a pedestal and we define them by their strengths and we fail to see their weaknesses um, also. Both are pretty terrible, <laughs> right? Both are pretty terrible ways to conceive of other people and to think about other people. What we need to do is to see see each other as whole people um, with tremendous strengths and tremendous weaknesses and to not define each other by those things, but instead to allow um, the, the, the presence of Christ and his righteousness and his identity to define other people, not just us. I think we tend to think, I want to be seen as someone who is Christ-like, but it's sometimes it's harder to see others that way. And we lock people into their weaknesses and say that's all they are. And that that's prideful. That's kind of the, the heart of pride is that idea. And so if that's where you're at, and I just want to encourage you to you know, repent of that and say same thing, like bring that to the Lord in prayer and bring that, confess it to your friends and say, I'm really struggling with, with that and let God change you. Um, so when you want to talk about stage fatigue? Yeah, I would just say one more thing to that, which yeah. is um, I think that that is a natural part of our human nature is to want to um, lift ourselves up or um, or that we don't see ourselves as measuring up. Um, and so this is a very counter um, counterintuitive. Um, and it's why Jesus talks about it so much in scripture. And yeah. he, he um, was an example of that when he was walking on this earth was he knew all of those disciples' weaknesses. He knew that he, they were going to betray him. Um, he yeah. knew that they... He knew all of it, and um, he still was their friend. He still went after them. And so uh, I think that that's something that we actually have to fight for. It's not a natural thing. Like, we have to ask God for that. So mm-hmm. um, so in talking about stage fatigue, and uh, I would say that there's going to be there in every stage. And I remember um, a mentor of mine when I had my kids were really little saying, every stage is really hard. And I was like, nope, like this stage has to be the hardest. Like this, when they're like little and they're running all over the place and I'm running 5 million directions, it has to be the hardest. And she said, every stage is hard and it has its challenges and it has its rewards. And I just, I really didn't believe her. (laughs) And, uh, but it's been one of those things we've walked all the way through the stages. Um, and now except for adult children, but now we're about to have a, a child that's going to move out of the house. And so we've walked through all the different stages so far. And um, and it really is true that each stage has the, the really hard things and the really, really rewarding things. And um, sometimes as moms, we can wish the seasons away and we can, um, we can, it's easy to get focused on the hard things, especially when the day to day is hard or uh, when the, the specific season is really hard. And there really are times when it is harder than others, um, but each one comes with its own challenges. Um, and so anchoring yourself in Jesus and his word um, is so important. Connected 
also with the the community side of things that we already talked about. So those two things. Um, but prayer is going to be the thing that is going to be your lifeline um, it, through each of the stages. Um, and you have to, in the in prayer, you have to contend for your kids. You have to go to God for your kids. You have to go to God for yourself and for your attitude. And God will use our kids to sanctify us in ways that without children, he'll do it in another way. But kids will fast track it. <laughs> and um, and so in the places where you need patience, your kids are going to try your patience. Um, and God is faithful when, when you go into him and saying, God, I can't make it through this day. I'm about to lose it on my kids. Or I can't make it through this day. I just feel so weary. Or whatever it might be or through this stage that um, you have to go to God. And it doesn't have to be like where you have to have everything quiet and and you have your devotions for 30 minutes. I mean, those are great, but more often than not, especially when you're in the thick of it, it's just as you're, as you're going, as, as you're driving, as you're washing your dishes, when you wake up in the middle of the night worried, whatever those things are, it's just praying and going to God um, and contending for your kids. Don't be afraid to ask for things um, for your kids and for yourself um, as a parent. So praying during each season is vitally important. Pray for your kids' salvation. Uh, pray for their behavior, pray for strategies and ways to their hearts, um, pray for your attitude, <laughs> uh, ask God to show you ways that you wrongly compare yourself to others and talk about those things. Ask God to take away expectations that are not from him. Um, cause a lot of times we're, we walk under expectations that other people have put on us or even expectations of things that growing up, we always thought this is a good mom or this is, this is what a good parent equals. Um, and it's funny when you start reading those things out, the things that you think are really important and they, they might be a part of being a good mom, but they're not the thing. And so ask God for what that is. And, um, you're successful when you love your kids well, and you're successful when, um, when you have good relationship with them. And, but sometimes even that, you know, isn't always possible. And Ben's going to talk about that in a little bit. But don't be afraid to ask for really big, th- big things for your kids and for you um, t- as a parent, just to be able to make it through. Um, and you can, uh, part of that is like in the hardest times, through all of it, you want to maintain a thankful heart. But in the times when it's really, really hard, ask for God to show you the the things that are good. Um, so, you know, when your kids are little and they're just really trying your patience, you know, he'll show you the times when they're being cute in the day. Um, he'll remind you of just how grateful you are that you have this child because maybe you've had to, to really work to, um, to have a baby or, um, that you are able to bring up the next generation. And so start asking for places, um, for God to point out places for you to be thankful in. And if you really can't think of anything, ask your spouse, ask your friend, like, what is it that I, what is it that's good in my life? Because sometimes it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and go to the scripture we, we included in the notes. Some... I don't what's good in your life, you? <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we included in um, the notes some scriptures of thankfulness. So even when you can't um, focus on that, then, um, then go to scripture and find ways to be thankful. Um, Thankfulness will turn your heart away from self-pity um, and from cynicism, uh, and it helps us to envision God in our future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thankfulness thing, I think, is what we tend to do is just dream about the next 
phase of whatever life is. So with, with kids, it's like, well, when they no, no, no longer potty training, that'll be great. Or when they're, you know, when they're grown and out of the house, maybe that's what you're dreaming about. Um, but that's fact is every stage is hard. And even parents of kids who are out of the house will tell you that stage has its own challenges. And so you have to like look at now and the way you survive that is, is you just start thinking of the things and letting the Holy Spirit guide you in being thankful for what you have right now. Um, and I think that uh, what result what that results in is you look in your future and you see God there and there's not this kind of depressed uh, sense of foreboding about tomorrow. And that's pretty awesome. So Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, always. <laughs> Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, right? That's it. He's right here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's like, that's the template, right? For having joy in the tough seasons. And, and certainly right now is a tough season for a lot of you guys. And so I would... I would encourage you just to take that verse and maybe print it out, get it in your heart. We've also in the notes, by the way, I don't think I mentioned it. I'm sorry. There's a link to the notes in the description of the video. I think Susan might have sent it out um, also, but um, from now on, that will always be true. If you look in the description of the video, which is that area underneath the title on YouTube, you'll find it in the notes. But in those notes is, I think, a couple of pages of scriptures that I just put on there just about thankfulness, gratitude, thanksgiving um, to help you outside of this meeting, right? That would be great. Um, so we also wanted to say, like, don't be afraid to talk about the hard things. We, we've been, I've been going through the book of Psalms uh, on Wednesday nights, um, and one of the things that is so obvious there is, is that it's important to confess your frustrations to God and be honest and authentic about that, but not to stay there. And that's what you see David do over and over again is because I think when we say be thankful, some, some moms, depending on kind of what's going on in your heart, you might feel like that means I can't ever complain. And that's a mistake. Um, just read through just the first few Psalms and you'll see that that is not true. Complaining to God is a kind of prayer, and it leads you through the complaint and through the, the frustration to thankfulness. And you'll see that pattern over and over and over again. So you just want to like put that note in your bug in your ear and to, to remind you this does not mean you don't complain. It just means you do something godly with your complaint. Yeah. And you bring that to him. Yeah, and I would say, too, like sometimes when I would – in the past when I've heard, you know, have a thankful heart. And then I would be like, well, then I can't say anything that I'm really struggling with. Like I need mm -hmm. to have a thankful heart. Um, and so it's kind of like, um, you're having to find a balance in that of mm -hmm. saying I'm struggling, but I'm grateful for, but yeah. you're not excusing away the struggle and you don't even have to always follow it up with, but I'm grateful for, but your goal is, um, to have a thankful heart mm -hmm. in the end of it. Yeah, so it's okay to say to God, you know, I really hate my life right now. Um, but you can't just 
stay in that place. It's also good, you know, when Heather and I were talking, add on to that statement, what's good in my life? And at, like really ask God that question and he will show you and your spouse will show you, your friends will show you when you ask that question. Um, okay, so let's go to the third and final thing, which is what we're calling parenting math. And what I mean by that is we tend to think about parenting like my skills plus my consistency as a parent equals great kids. That it's just a math equation. And a lot of the parenting advice you get, especially out there on the internet, um, kind of acts like that's true, but it's not. Because people don't work that way. Um, your skills are all over the place. And like we were saying with stages, like you can kind of feel like you got one stage figured out with one kid, but the skills you learned in that stage may not even apply at all to the next child who goes to that stage. And but when that stage is over, it's a new a new set of skills are required. And it can be maddening if you have this mentality like it's just math. It's a mathematical equation. It wants to learn the skills. Because the other factor is the other wild card is your children have a soul and a will of their own, right? And so not all they won't necessarily respond to you always the right way, and you can't control that. Um, and so as I was praying about this, uh, a parable, a very short parable came to mind. It's in Luke 18, 9 through 14. It says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men, and the, the, here's the parable, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And so when I was thinking about this, I really identified with the tax collector. And because I have felt that this way as a dad, and I know many of you moms have felt that way and probably feel that way right now, this, this feeling of like, I have... I have none of the external markers of a good mom or a good dad. I have none of the skills. I don't have necessarily the background. Maybe you didn't have a great family life, so you don't even have this kind of built-in template for what a family should look like. I mean, and all you see are your disadvantages and your lack of righteousness in your parenting. And it's easy to kind of look over, going back to the comparison thing, to look over at the Pharisee who has all of those skills and abilities and templates and external markers of a good parent and say, I'm not, I'm, God is just mad at me. And, but what Jesus says here is he says, the guy who is justified in this scenario is not the Pharisee who's just arrogant and prideful. It's the tax collector who was sort of the, the kind of quintessential 
unrighteous person in that culture. And, and so I think moms often get trapped in that mentality that parenting is just dependent on your ability, your skills. And if you don't have those abilities or don't have those skills or don't have that consistency because you just don't, you just don't have it, then your kids are going to turn out terrible and God's going to be bad at you. And when you stand before him um, in the last day, he's just going to be mad. And he's kind of doing this face at you all the time. Um, but it's not true. That's not what Jesus says. That your God's pleasure in you is not dependent on you because and your righteousness is dependent on Christ and his righteousness. And the same thing is true of your kids. That their place with God and God's pleasure in them is not dependent on their righteousness or on yours as their parent is dependent on Christ and their relationship with him. Um, one of the things I like to say a lot is that and I hope you guys will just, I hope after years of me saying this, it will settle in to all of you, which is the Bible never says that you are responsible for the sin of your children. It never blames the parents. We are all responsible for our own sin. And what we are responsible for is to give that to Jesus. If you don't have Christ, you're responsible for your sin. If you have Christ, your sin is on him. It's on his shoulders and you have his righteousness. This really does apply to your parenting in a very practical way, which is you have to stop measuring your success by the skills you have and stop thinking of like a math equation. If you remember back when we did the Beatitudes, what I said was loser plus Jesus equals blessed. And this is completely true and completely applies to you as a mom, which is you may not be the best mom in the world, but as you plus Jesus equals blessed kids, okay? And this is very much, you have to put your faith in that. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, like, yeah, grow. Like, we've, we've talked about ways that you can grow by, through prayer, through bringing your weaknesses to your community and getting advice and encouragement and even conviction. But at the end of the day, you are never going to be perfect. It's just never going to happen. And God will parent your children through you. It's not you doing it, it's him. I have seen it. Ask any parent with kids who are older. They will all tell you, I have seen God intervene in my children's life over and over and over again and, and cover my weaknesses and failures over and over and over again. The problem is you typically can't see it in the moment. It's only in hindsight that you see how God stepped in and did that. Um, so I want to take a weight off of you moms that God chose you as your children's mom before they were born. He chose you to be their mom, and he knew exactly what you'd be like. And he's got it in hand. He's got it totally in control. Um, so don't be the Pharisee where you say, well, I've sorted this all out. My kids are going to turn out great. Don't be that person. Um, be the tax collector who is growing in righteousness in, through Christ, not in their own strength. Um, yeah, you want to bring it to a close? Um, yes, yeah, so the um, just as a recap, we're talking about community is important. Um, resist the enemy's strategies to isolate you and to um, bring comparison in a prideful way. Um, and then maintain a heart of prayer and thankfulness. Um, even in the hard times, turn to God and turn it to others.
Um, and then God's given you everything you need uh, to parent. And he's given your kids you. Um, he chose you as a parent for your children. And so it's what they're supposed to have as well. And mm-hmm. so uh, trust God in that and trust God that he's going to give you the grace in the day to day and in the year to year part of parenting. So um, and be grateful for your kids and enjoy them today. Enjoy them during the rest of this quarantine uh, and just find moments of joy in that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to pray while I pray uh, for you guys. Um, if you have questions that you think we could answer right now, post that in the live chat. I have it here on my lap. Um, but also I want to encourage you to ask the, the, the moms and the dads around you that you admire. Maybe there's, maybe they have some, um, area in their character that's stronger than yours. And you want, you want to kind of pick their brain and ask for prayer, ask for advice. I think it's a great idea as something to do after this. Um, so feel free to ask us questions, but I also want to encourage you to kind of do that with each other. Get on Facebook, text, email, phone calls, video chats. We have a lot of resources out there right now that we can use for that sort of thing. Make use of it and kind of respond just that way this morning.